that's where the magic of coffee really is. These two ingredients, roasted coffee beans, hot water, you put those together and what comes out in the cup can sometimes just be magical. I don't like having a, a sophisticated machine or some other thing that can kind of take credit for that. I want to taste the coffee. I want to taste what the coffee itself tastes like. Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 58. I am Joe Darnell, your host. And joining me is the indie coffee roaster of Northwest Metro Atlanta, Mr. Eric Rauch. Well, good morning. Thank you for that bizarre intro. A very piping hot intro. Ah. I'm, I'm feeling stoked. We got a lot to cover today. We do. This is a little bit different from our other affairs where we've dive bombed into reviewing products, uh, giving you how to's, or interviewing a guest and discussing their brew ritual. Because Eric, we're going to talk about our brew ritual. Our brew ritual, our own personal ones. It's like it's like we were reading a book and we finally got to chapter 58 and realized we hadn't covered stuff that I really think belonged in like the introduction. You know, we should have talked about this on episode one, but we just didn't get around to it. I, I don't know. Are you sure about that? We haven't talked about this before? Okay, loosely, no, no, let me explain what we mean by our coffee brewing ritual. This will make things clearer. What I call our brewing ritual is, you know, like how we use our coffee routine at home and abroad and when and how we partake with coffee for ourselves in our own personal way. We, yeah, yeah loosely, we have talked about these things over the last 57 episodes, but I don't feel like we just sat down and interviewed ourselves the way that we have interviewed our guests mm, okay. with the, the summation. Here's the questionnaire. Here's the thing that you would send to all your friends about like how they enjoy their coffee and their coffee questionnaire so that they could spread the word on Facebook and everybody could find out like what kind of espresso they are in life. You know, mm, Okay. I am the chocolate diet mocha with raspberry, you know, whatever nonsense. The, the, those questionnaires they have on Facebook. I am Joe's furious rage. Ooh. You've seen Fight Club? <sighs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I mean, it's, it's only been, what, 20 years that it's been out? Guys, you should have seen Eric's face when I said that. <laughs> it's, I haven't gotten around to it yet. But, you know, it just came out last week. <laughs> it's it's on the list. It's high on the queue. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty deep list. It's on two lists. It's also on the bucket list. Okay. I've even I've read reviews about the movie. It's kind of spoiled for me. And every time that I set out to watch the film again, somebody talks about it again on a podcast or on the internet, and I read what they had to say, and I'm kind of like, well, that was great. It sounds like a wonderful movie. I want to watch it, but now I kind of want to forget what you said before I go see it. Oh. So yeah, it's, it's I not, keep pushing it's it out. Any, it's not any giveaway or anything, but. Okay. So yeah, the, the Fight Club brew. Hey, there's a brilliant idea to all you coffee, co coffee house roasters out there. If you're looking for a name, call it the Fight Club, Club brew. Yeah. The Fight Club brew. Yeah. It, it, uh, I mean, the it Fight does... Club brew house. There, there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, the brew ritual, Eric. Yes. Let's see here. What are the questions on here? Um. Okay, we, we've done this so many other times. We just never asked them for, to ourselves. I have to ask this thing. Okay, here's the first question. Why do we enjoy this fussy hobby? Well, uh, well, you got you to gotta have some fussy hobby, right? I think so. I think to some degree, everybody does. Everybody has something that they're, they're particular about or they're very... For some, it's their, their book collection or their, yeah, their yeah. video games. 
Yeah, you know, it's and and it, does, cars. it doesn't mean you just have to have to have one. You know, some people are passionate about just about everything they do, and and it and it becomes like it borders on an obsession. My wife. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm passionate. Yes, I'm passionate about my wife, but I mean, my wife is passionate about everything like that. She is. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I don't. I don't think that you know people that 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 aren't that aren't into specialty coffee and aren't into coffee that, to the degree that 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 we would be. I think they can look at, at people like us and, and, and say, you know, that's it's just coffee, man. You know, wh- what's, yeah. what's the deal? I think it has a lot to do with how your habit was formed. I was discussing this with friends once that if you grew up having Nesquik for your chocolate milk as a child, and then one day you got to 18 and you were introduced to a group of hipsters that took chocolate really seriously they were looking for fresh cocoa powders and they (laughs) were getting nerdy about what kind of creams and half and halves to use and they were making their own concoctions of special chocolate milk you'd look at them strangely like really really guys we've we've been drinking nesquik for 17 years and it was okay why why now and i think that that's what a lot of people do with their coffee they just don't really take stock of why they did what they did for the last two two three years you know two dozen years yeah there's there there's an expectation there of course i was reading dan Ariely's book yesterday um called uh unpredictably or predictably irrational which is it basically talks about us as humans and the 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 uh, the foibles that we have as as humans, you know, we think we're completely rational beings, but we're but we're actually predictably irrational. We um, we fool ourselves into thinking that we're that we're making decisions based on uh, rational ideas, but we're really not. Um, they're they're really just formed because of expectations and prejudices. And one of the the experiments that they do in that in that book is they they go to a brewery. Or no, it was it was at, at UNC, um, University of North Carolina, somewhere. Anyway, it's not really basically a brewery. Where it was. Yeah, but they they gave them a choice of um, beer A or beer B, um, and and beer A was essentially Budweiser, and beer B was Budweiser with with a couple of drops of um, balsamic vinegar in it. <laughs> they didn't tell one group what the difference was. They gave them beer B, and they called it like our special brew or something. People drank it. They took a little sample of it, and then they were well. They they took a sample of both, and then and then they were given the choice: Do you want A or B? And the vast majority of people picked B. They wanted they wanted the one with the balsamic vinegar in it. And then they told them that there was balsamic vinegar in it, and they said, "Oh, okay. Well, that's that's really not so bad." But <laughs> if they told them before they drank it, "Here's beer A, and here's beer B. Beer B is is just like beer A, except it has a, a a couple of of drops of balsamic vinegar in it." Nobody wanted it. <laughs> and and when they tried it, they said, "Oh, that's terrible. That's awful." So their expectations set. They were expecting that that balsamic vinegar in in Budweiser beer was just going to be nasty, and that's what their reality became. But when they didn't know that, then then it was, "Oh, that's kind of interesting. That's an intriguing flavor." That really fits what happened to me with craft coffee because I was drinking the Keurig stuff, and then one day I smelled other coffee in the office, and I was like. What is that right. fragrance? It's so good. Yeah. No one had to tell me. No one introduced it falsely ahead of time, you know, trying to paint the picture and influence my opinion thereof before being just like falling into it, not knowing what I was getting into. And then the other time that this happened to me was when we were on vacation once at a bed and breakfast and we were served fresh coffee. And I'd pick up the cup and thinking nothing of it. It's it's just a, a snack and a little appetizer in the afternoon. And I drink. Oh, what is this? It was so good. Mm-hmm. 
It was like anything else I'd ever drank. And then they show me, well, it came from this French press. Oh yeah, we're using, you know, Blue Mountain Jamaican coffee and we, we use it all the time. We get fresh this, that, and the other. I was stunned. I had no earthly idea. I had no expectation. And it was purely based on taste. It wasn't based on being told, oh, you're going to like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had no expectation other than this is coffee. You know, you had a, you had a baseline of an expectation for, for coffee. And if it, if it goes below that, you're like, well, yeah, I've had, I've had bad coffee before. Oh, well. But if it's better than that, you could either just say, wow, that was a really good cup of coffee and go on throughout your day. Or something could click in you and you suddenly say, I've been drinking subpar coffee all my life. You know, and that and that's where the passion kicks in, and you decide that okay, I'm not drinking subpar coffee anymore. I want to pursue this and find out is there even better coffee than this out there? And the answer, obviously, yes, there is. Um, so that's that's what that's what it is for me. It's it's this pursuit, and it's a not a vain pursuit, but it I, I guess it is it is vain in a sense that that you'll you'll never find the perfect cup of coffee. It's vain because you're going to die someday. Well, it's 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 vain because it's completely subjective. Um, but you're, I'm looking for the perfect cup of coffee. You know, there's, what that means is that I'm always looking for the next great cup of coffee. That's why I have, well, what was the question? You know, why, oh, why do we enjoy this, this hobby? hobby. Well, it's not that I think that's why. Well, it's not just that it is a hobby. Like there are people who like Star Wars and then there are people who like Star Wars. And and we're somewhere in the middle there and it concerns coffee. And I think the reason for it is because, we both had experiences where we actually found the proof in the pudding. Yeah. Not in how it was made and the tools that were used and show, some showmanship. And it just turns out, though, that how you craft a thing has a lot to do with the end result. And you can't cut corners to get the same results. Yeah. And, and it, also, it also matters that you're around other people who are also passionate about coffee. If you're isolated and you're by yourself and you're the only person in your, in your sphere of influence that takes coffee to this degree... It may or may not last. You know, probably it won't if you don't have somebody that you can that you can at least be be passionate about the coffee with. Um, but that's true about all your hobbies. It is. I was kind of bringing that back to the beginning that I don't know that this hobby that I found this hobby or this lifelong pursuit it found me. It was just something that there was like a, yeah. a switch that was waiting to be flipped. And once I once I found, oh wow. This is another category of coffee. Yeah, that's how um, I feel about Apple computers. It just and stuff. turned something on in me that 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 wasn't hadn't been engaged before. So mm-hmm. it's 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 not like I taught myself to be passionate about coffee. It was just something that was there, and then all of a sudden it, it became manifest. It became awakened, yeah, or it awakened. That force awakens. Yes. Let's go ahead and take a uh, break here for our first sponsor. We've got two this week, Eric. We mm. are introducing a new sponsor, and I'm really excited about this. You're not going to hear another sponsor like this today. This is completely unique, one of a kind. This week's episode is brought to you by our friend over at Magic Coffee Truck. What is a magic coffee truck, you ask? Well, so did I. Imagine a world, a wonderful world, where fresh coffee is prepared for you in the back of, you guessed it, a beautiful truck. It's like a taco or ice cream truck that parks in the town square and turns any moment into a fantastic one with delicious handcrafted coffee. Like it came from a fairy tale, but only it was brewed in the coffee laboratory in this magic coffee truck. This is Sharon Turner's dream to travel the country and serve people her culinary marvels and bring delicious caffeinated sweets to you. And to get Sharon on the open road, 
she first needs to get a truck. So she's handcrafting some of the finest coffee edibles that you can imagine and selling them from her web store to jumpstart her business. These are no ordinary treats. We're talking about English-style coffee toffee infused with cascara syrup, bottled awesomeness sauce, cold brew coffee. That's the second product. Third one, PB&J Amazeballs. And roll out the red carpet, everyone, magic chocolate dipped coffee marshmallows. If you're thinking, Joe, it just sounds too good to be true. (laughs) Don't believe me. Shop for these stupendous handmade delicacies at magiccoffeetruck.etsy.com and help Sharon, the culinary wizard and truck driver, take her craft to the open road. Use the discount code MAGICALLYCAFFEINATED to get 25% off of any order over $10. My huge thanks to Sharon for supporting Top Root and making the world a better place from her coffee laboratory. She's a bundle of energy. Sharon is, is into all sorts of different things. You know, the cascara, if, if you're not familiar with, with what cascara is, it's, it's the fruit of the coffee, the coffee tree. It's the cherry. Typically, that gets discarded, um, and then they, they, they take the seeds from the, from the coffee from the coffee cherry, and that's what becomes the coffee that we know and love in our in our cup. You know, coffee's a fruit, so the so the cherry on the the outside, they want to find ways to, to use this ingredient they've been putting yeah, to waste before. Because typically, what they do is they they strip it off, they they strip the pulp off, and they and they clog rivers with it down in these processing stations, and it's just it's because it's just a, it's, a, it's it's a throwaway product. That's terrible. Um, yeah, it is. We're finding ways to use fruit. I mean, like imagine. A way of people using fruit. Yeah, yeah. Before it was, it was just, it was just to get rip that off so we can get to the good stuff in the seeds. But now they're they're finding ways to uh, use the use the fruit itself. So that's what the cascara is. They'll they'll, they'll turn it into a syrup or or something like that. So it's a, a little bit hard to come by, but mm. uh, but Sharon found a supplier of it and is able to get some of it, and she puts it into those amaze balls. It's a peanut butter ball, you know, pieces of of cascara in there, and she's used um, PB and J balls. Right. The stuff that you find from, from her is not going to be like anything you get anywhere else. So, so she's doing, doing a good work. It's the kind of thing you want instead of your typical Easter egg candy this spring. It's, this is what spring is really about. Right. It's uh, the good stuff. All right. So we're going to move on to the next question. What are the tools that we have at our coffee stations at home or work? This is the, one of the other questions we usually ask our guests when we have interviews and I've never directly answered this. Here's the whole lineup. This is my equipment Uh, to me today. It's actually always a work in progress. I substitute some of my tools inevitably from season to season. And uh, we'll get to one of those that I had to make change for in a few moments. First of all, I'll just start with where it all starts. When I get my beans in fresh, I use some coffee storage containers. Now they're airtight. I picked these up at cost plus world market because they just look really good. There are tins that hold about a pound of coffee, a real true pound of coffee. And they look good on the outside with some decorative ornate, you know, ornamental colored work on them. They just look good under my coffee bar in the, uh, on the shelf. I got two just in case I end up with two pounds of coffee because well, that's the way you go. And I usually end up just using one though. And uh, so, so what it does is it has a lid inside of a lid, so there's really no way for oxygen to get in and out of it. And because okay. it's tin, it's pitch black on the inside, even light matters to the freshness of coffee beans. 
Uh, nothing fancy about them. Pick them up at any kind of store where you can find a good tin or air sealed container. Now you're using some air sealed containers too, right? You actually got me onto this. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, no, no. Actually, we you know coffee doesn't last very. You burned through the beans so fast. Yeah, it doesn't really last very long at our house, so we just use the bag. Um, we, we'll, we'll put the bag up in the up in the cupboard. You know, we'll, we'll try and keep it away from light. Yeah, see, and the thing is, I don't like to hide my coffee in the cupboard. I want to see, well, it's a part of the display. Yeah, so it's it's not anything that... That's personal preference more than anything else. We do, yeah, we, and we do have a, a big crock. So we'll, we'll sometimes keep coffee in there, but but mainly we just use that. It's just a decorative thing on our on our counter. We just use bags. And I, I don't use a scoop or anything like that. I don't get out a fancy wooden thing or nothing. No, I just, I actually pour from the tin into the weight scale. So okay. next item on the list I have is my weight scale. It's just a kitchen counter weight scale. It's really inexpensive. You can get really nerdy about weight scales really fast. I've seen some for that were Kickstarter projects and they, they have apps to go along with them that can transmogrify your weights into all kinds of things. If you wanted to see your weights in the scales that Caesar Augustus used, I guess you could just uh, take it any way you like. But I I just think that, you know, keep it simple because all it's got to do, you know, seven days a week is measure my coffee beans and I'm done with the device. So I found one for about $15 at a local department store and away I go. I got a glass measurer. It's an eight ounce measuring cup. Nothing fancy. Again, you can find these at grocery stores and the like. And the reason I like the glass is because it's non-porous. It's not going to allow for the coffee grounds to, or the beans or the chaff or anything that ever ends up in this glass to cling to the glass. Okay. That, just, that doesn't happen so much because glass doesn't really hold, you know, static electricity. Yeah. Unlike, unlike something plastic or, mm-hmm. or it, yeah, it, it, it can... You can go cheap. It you can get a plastic measuring too. cup. It's, it seems like different coffees react differently with the if you have a plastic yeah. chamber. Yeah. That, that there's there's not every coffee affects or is is affected by the by the static or maybe creates that that amount of static with the plastic. It's it, that's kind of interesting. Um, so we got the measuring glass on the weight scale sitting on the uh, main counter for where my space where I have my coffee gear. And beside that, I have the Bodum Bistro, which is a conical burr grinder. This is um, about a foot tall. It has the uh, translucent reservoir at the top, kind of an hourglass figure, um, cone-shaped reservoir for where you would dump all of the coffee beans into at the top. Mm-hmm. And you got your burrs you don't really get to see on the inside chamber. You press a power button and it goes. It's kind of loud. I hate to use it in the morning before everyone wakes up, but everyone is used to it by now that it runs for about 10 seconds and then it's done and everybody appreciates the coffee when they wake up. Okay. Um, It falls into, again, a non-porous glass reservoir at the bottom. Uh, And uh, that's great. Just uh, you can adjust this Bodum Bistro to how fine you want the grind. I find that it's not very good at coarse grinds, but it's really good at the fine grinds. And I, I get by with it. I'd actually okay. like to upgrade this Bowdoin Bistro someday to one of the virtuosos, but it does the job. It's very affordable. You can get one of these on sale for less than a hundred dollars on Amazon and elsewhere online. And it comes in different colors. If that floats your boat, I just got the black one with red buttons on it. And that suits me. It's kind of my, my color, my go-to thing for all my electronic devices. I try to go dark, really dark gray yeah. or I go black, you know, like Batman. Right. So that's the way I, I float. Uh, now, how about you? What are you doing for a grinder? At the shop, we had a um, a Baratza. I think it is a Virtuoso. You know, Baratza's got the, the Encore, which is kind of their entry-level 
one, and I think it's the Virtuoso is the one that is next, and that's that that's a really that's a really fine machine. It's not wimpy, but it's not it's not necessarily built In, for it's not industrial for industrial use. Yeah, gotcha. But it works really well. It's a fine piece of equipment. Is um, it loud it's expensive? Too? Yeah, that's the trick. If it's the electric type, it's going to sound kind of like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, maybe I maybe I get used to it. It's not as loud as 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 what you thought it was initially. Coffee beans are hard. It takes some power and it takes some crunching to <laughs> to get those things pulverized. And uh, I don't think it's quite as dense as what a what a peppercorn would be. But but yeah, it's it's going to be loud when you have when you have a, a thousand or so in your grinder at any given time. Do you think that you'd be using virtuosos in, for the foreseeable future when you get new equipment for here and there and yonder? I I would I would probably go with the Encore. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's a hundred dollars in difference between the Virtuoso and the Encore. Money's no object. Then sure. You know, just in fact, don't even get a, don't even get a Brazza, you know, go to the next level, but it's, it's fine. It, it does a good job. And, and like, like any burr grinder, it does a good job, but not a great job. I mean, there's still, the pieces are fairly uniform, but they're not, they're not exact. Well, it's, yeah, it's more of an art than a science in some regards. Yeah. yeah. So it's the thing we have at home, I think is a, is a Cuisinart. I mean, it's a, it's I the, found those at Target. I've seen them around. Yeah. It's the, it's the, I mean, you think, I think you can find those new for $50 or so. I think we got ours for 35 on Amazon refurbished and it's been good. You know, it hasn't, it's not great, but it plows through the morning coffee for, for $35. I can't complain. Cool. And now we got our coffee makers, the things that we actually see all the brewing happen in. So I, I stick to three, Usually, kind of cycle through depending on just what's uh, what I'm in the mood for. First of all, my favorite is the AeroPress. I can't get enough AeroPress. We're drinking some brew from an AeroPress right now, mm-hmm. and I, the reason I like it is because of its overall bodied consistency. It's so smooth. It has a great balance. It's strong. It, I mean, bold without being grotesquely so. I don't know how it just works, mm-hmm. but it just works. Mm-hmm. And everybody should have an AeroPress if uh, that just make the world a better place. Um, yeah, if you have an AeroPress, you also need to have some patience. What are you What are you thinking about? Because it's it's just it's just different. It takes it takes some getting used. It to. It is totally different. And I just yeah. I haven't I haven't spent enough time with the AeroPress to to get to get used to that. To get into yeah. it. Yeah. The first two three weeks, I I even had some accidents where I spilled my AeroPress and it was painful and not pretty. You know, you're dealing with hot water right. brewing on the right. counter. It's a narrow device, so there's not a whole lot of room for air there. If you if you start that thing, if you just touch it in a slight a slight bit way, it's it's probably going to fall because it's pretty top heavy. It's really comical too the way in which you can have accidents with an AeroPress. You push it too hard and it squirts. Out uh-huh. the side, even when it's on top of the mug, and you're thinking, "How did that happen? Yeah. Where did that coffee?" <laughs> These things happen yeah. with the AeroPress, but when you get the knack for it, it just it tastes so good. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, I will I will definitely say that anytime you make me an, an AeroPress coffee, I am impressed. But I mean, I would say my go to, especially right now, is is the V60. I love it. Easy device, simple. Unlike the French press, you're not you don't have to worry about the grounds because you got a filter. Take the filter out. Bam, drop it in the garbage can, you're done. Would you say across the board with the V60s that whether you get the plastic models, the metal models, ceramic models, they, they're all pretty consistent yeah. in the results and the yeah. recipes? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, again, the one I have, it's got a, a glass bottom and a plastic top. Um, you know, yeah, pla- a carafe, yeah. Plastic bounces, glass just shatters. So mm. yeah, it, I think you're probably going to get a little bit of a better 
a better taste out of the ceramic, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I've got six kids. There's all sorts of activity going on in my house all the time. So you know, plastic is the way to go for me. Mm. We'll get to more of the coffee equipment in just a second. I want to say thanks to our other sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. I can't tell you enough how much I love these guys, uh, the guys over there at Thrasher, minus Eric now. I have a regular subscription there I've placed at thrashercoffee.com where I could choose between one or two or three pounds of coffee for delivery every two or four weeks. And when my order is processed, they roast it to order and get it in the mail the same day. I always have fresh beans in my house, a whole pound of them, a true pound, and they're not, they're not skimping and giving you the 12 ounces like so many of the roasters do now. So within 48 hours, they roast the stuff. I mean, we're talking about peak freshness. You get these within days. It's, it's not weeks. It's not hard to process. It's not difficult to use. It's just a no brainer now to get a subscription where it just shows up when you need the new beans. And one of the real treats for me is the occasional project that I have with Thrasher. I'm doing some labels for them right now, and I'm really enjoying this, working behind the scenes with the guys, and it's going great. You might have heard that I am a graphic designer by day, and that's what I'm talking about where I'm designing logos or you know coffee labels for Thrasher, so I get to, to taste test some things sometimes, and I'm enjoying what they're doing. They got some exciting things for the spring season. If you go over to thrashercoffee.com right now, you can order by the whole bean or get them pre-ground if you know that's your thing. You got to get it done that way, however it suits you and however you can get the coffee to work for you. Join a subscription and they'll set you up automatically. And if you ever want to switch roasts with a subscription to try their dark roasts or medium roasts or their specialty blends at any time, you can log into your account and change it up. And Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the discount code TOPBREW at checkout. Thrasher Coffee Roast responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small batch coffee to discerning coffee drinkers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, which is the podcast and site. So I do like the V60, but I do not own one. Everybody uses the V60, and I wanted to go different. So I chose the Kalita Wave Dripper, the 185. And I got it with the server with it to boot so that I got these wavy paper filters that sit down into the, the metal dripper. I got the, um, the metal one just because I like the way it looks. I like the look of like the 10 man, you know, yeah. it, it, when I was a kid, he was like my favorite fairy tale fantasy character, the 10 man, he carries an ax and his, his kryptonite is what rainwater. Yeah. You know, he's an interesting guy. And so I like to think of the Kalita wave as my, as my 10 man, 10 hat. It just kind of looks like that without the, the pipe funnel part, but it's really good. It's, it works so well. This is what the 10 man would use in his kitchen. If he had one. That, that little, that, wouldn't that be like us using a, a coffee maker made out of human flesh though? Isn't that a little weird for the 10 man to be using a 10, well, 10 what, pour over? What happens in Oz stays in Oz. <laughs> But but the thing is, is the Kalita wave doesn't like the V60. It can be in whatever material you want. You can get these in plastics and glass and the like. And I like it because it is just different. It looks like an elegant tool in the kitchen. And I got it with the uh, the carafe because they fit well together. They I can make enough coffee for myself and my wife at the same time with one of these very easily. If you want to try something that's like a V60, but a little bit more 
not actually better, but it just looks different from a v- V60, mm-hmm. then this is the way to go. It, it's going to give you similar results. And I just like its its style <laughs> for a lack of a better reason. The th- third piece of equipment I like is the French press, but I don't use it very often. And we've talked about French presses because it's one of our tried and true favorites. It's so good because you can make enough for three or four people at a time. And it is so bold. And you get what some people like is that sediment at the bottom of the cup. And that's not really the way I go. Mm -hmm. I I think um, another thing I dislike about the French press is that you brew it hotter and it's noticeably hotter than stuff like the, 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 uh, the drippers and the air press coffee. When you get it in the cup, it takes longer for it to cool off before you can enjoy the stuff. It's kind of like sitting a fresh pizza on your plate and waiting 10 minutes before you can touch the thing because it's just too daggum hot. You know, that, that'd be miserable. Your, your mouth is salivating and you can do nothing about it, Eric. Well, and yeah, that's how it, it is does, with the French. It, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, you don't have to make it that hot. You can you can make it at any temperature you want. I don't get good results from dropping the temperature, though. I really believe that you got to go like two hundred and five to two hundred and eight degrees with okay. a French press to enjoy the thing. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Really? Yeah. How how low have you gone with the temperature on a French press? I don't know. I've done experiments with it as low as as low as one eighty, one eighty five, one eighty. And it seemed to it, it seemed to extract just fine. You may have to mess a little bit. You may have to maybe let it extract a little bit longer. Or if that if that tastes too bitter, try it for try it for three minutes. Try it for two and a half minutes. Hmm. There's no definite. This is how you have to do it. Kind of thing. You know. You find out what 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 works for you. Obviously, the French press just isn't for you. So you know, no harm, no foul. Just do what makes you happy. Well, and the nice thing too about the French press and why I keep one around is because if I want cold brew coffee, it's the way to make cold. It brew. is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the simplest. Any other coffee gear that you use, Eric? Any other coffee makers? One of the things that I did get recently that you know it's been on my list and 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 something that I've been I've been putting off because I you know, just I just kept kept thinking, eh, it's nice to have but not really necessary. It's a it's a gooseneck kettle, and I think it's absolutely necessary, especially when I'm doing the V60. Um, what one of the things that I was doing before was was when I was pouring water out of my kettle, it wasn't a gooseneck, so it was it was. It was saturating it, it it too fast. It was um, it was it was brewing too fast. Uh, but with the gooseneck, I can I can really monitor and really and really slow down the the the, the extraction time with the water because I'm because I'm pouring the water in that much that much more slowly, and uh, it makes a big difference. So um, I'm definitely convinced of the um, maybe not the need, but but it it's a added benefit. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice thing to have, and it's it. It's just one that you put on a stove. It's a uh, um, again. I think I paid thirty five dollars for it. That seems to be the going price for for uh, <laughs> any uh, coffee gear, entry equipment. level coffee gear. Yeah, um, everything is thirty five dollars. Yeah, that's probably the only other. Uh, you've already mentioned the scale, which is one of the first things you should do. But then the gooseneck kettle is is certainly a very nice thing to have. I have one of the electric types or the electric base, and I do like this gooseneck water kettle. I'll have a link to it in the show notes along with. Whatever Eric got, it sounds good as well. Yeah, this gives you options. If you want to spend nice thirty-five dollars, go without the electric, or go, you know, what is it? I think it's like eighty or ninety, maybe for the electric one. Yeah, if if you get the one that has the the programmable base that you yeah. can set a you can you, you can set a temperature and and leave it sit there, which is a really nice thing to have. But if you're pouring into something like the AeroPress, what maybe two inches around, you know, precision is is a good thing there. If you're pouring this big huge stream of water into a two inch Maybe it's not even two inch, but but anyway, you know it's it's just nice to make, to make sure you're getting that 
scalding water where it needs to go and not true. and, and not live your counter on your hands. Yeah, it does reduce the probability that you're going to get some scalding. Mm-hmm. So that's an added plus. All right, next question. When do we drink coffee and why? Eric? Whenever I can. Really? Okay, so how many cups a day? I don't know that I drink a lot throughout the day. Maybe maybe three cups a day. Okay. Um, but I don't... Roughly four hours apart or a couple in the morning probably, and then yeah, one probably, in the afternoon. Yeah, one, one, one at breakfast, maybe maybe two. And then one typically, sometimes late morning, sometimes not. But then typically around two after lunch and you're, you're feeling that, that sluggishness, you know, that, that seems to be a, a good time for it. And then usually my wife and I will have a, we'll have a cup after, after dinner. So three, maybe four a day, but that's just a roundabout routine. That's nothing necessarily that we've, that we've set out that this is what we're going to do. We're going to limit our coffee intake or no. I mean, whenever coffee is available and somebody offers it, I'll pretty most often say yes. Yeah, my routine is fairly similar. I have one first thing in the morning. That's usually long before breakfast happens. Then I I may or may not have one before lunch if I'm feeling weak that day, a little extra tired. But usually I skip that, have lunch, and maybe within an hour after lunch, I have my second cup of the day. I try to keep it to two cups a day because I notice that when I, I have more... I'm risking the possibility that I'll get a caffeine headache. Okay. Not, and it's not a downside of, you know, Arabica versus Robusta beans. I just, if I get too much caffeine, I do get a definite headache. And I don't know if I need to change something about my dietary needs, but it, it seems to be related to the coffee intake more than anything else. I don't have other sodas with caffeine or hot teas with caffeine. It's it's coming back to the coffees. And I know a lot of people say they get coffee or should I say just headaches because they don't have enough coffee. I'm the opposite. And it seems to be the association with too much caffeine. You've always been a little bit more sensitive than, yeah. than, than, uh, than most people though, I think. Then I, I have the other uh, cup of coffee later in the day. If I'm going to have more coffee, it's later in the day at like maybe 6.30 to 7 after okay. supper. And it's nice because it's great palate cleanser. I like to have a great palate cleanser, Eric, after eating chicken. Any kind of chicken dinner, it just leaves maybe a residual aftertaste that's not too pleasant, even if it was a great meal. Chicken. Yeah. It's I don't really think me. of chicken as, as ha- having a, it's kind of like a... Like a neutral meat, but yeah. See, no, not me. If it's roasted chicken, it's the worst. Really? Yeah, I can't stand the aftertaste. I'll have something, even if it's just a bite of ice cream, to, to clean my palate. Coffee can do the trick as well. Okay. So sometimes it's a cup of coffee in the evening. Uh, next question: Who is your coffee bean supplier? Obviously, mine's Thrasher. Everyone, hello. I'm a Thrasher customer, and uh, that's me. Eric, you're kind of in between coffee suppliers right now. Yeah, I have um, Thrasher as well. One of the things that I did a, cu- a couple of days ago is I roasted a, a bunch of samples I got from th- from three or four different importers, and I have yeah. See, if you're if you're roasting yourself, you don't have a well. You are your supplier. <laughs> yeah, but I so I'm I'm sampling a bunch of different coffees that that I'm wanting to um, see if these are going to be ones that I'm going to use in in my my new coffee company. So I've got. I've got about twenty coffees right now that that I'm that I'm cycling through. So I'll I'll make those in the morning. I'll make them, you know, different times throughout the day just to just to give them each a a fair tasting and see if these are these are coffees I want to continue pursuing. So I guess at the moment I am supplying my own coffee. Well, that's that's a good answer. 
I wish I had the flexibility to do some roasting myself. I have never done any roasting. So what, if anything, would you like to experiment with coffee? My thing is I would like to experiment more with cold brew coffee because I don't really feel like it's in season except for spring and summertime. And when that has come up, maybe the last just two years that I've been experimenting with cold brew coffee, so I haven't got enough of it yet. And I like the results I get from the recipe I have available on the website. I just, I want to keep dabbling and try other people's cold brews mm-hmm. and various infru- infusions that would bring up the magic coffee truck infusion that's available. It's bottled and uh, see what other people are doing. It's a great time to taste test. Something different is with cold brew. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go from hot to cold, you might as well really go exploring. Yeah. I, so now that question is directed at me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Coffee is coffee for you. You're happy with it? You got a good relationship? Going steady? I think so. I would like to try a little bit what Sharon's doing with the cascara. I would, you know, I would like to try different drinks made with the fruit. To me, coffee is coffee, and and I'm not I'm not a big additives and other, well that. Yeah. But I'm also I'm also not big into espresso. I'm not you know I pour over coffee, French press coffee. That that is is the ultimate in simplicity. It's just the coffee and the hot water and how they interact in the in the in the cup. And to me, that's that's where that's where the magic of coffee really is. These two ingredients, roasted coffee beans, hot water. You put those together, and what comes out in the cup can sometimes just be magical. I don't like having a, a sophisticated machine or some other thing that can kind of take credit for that. I want to taste the coffee. I want to taste what the coffee itself tastes like. I think that's where I I stand on that. I just, I just tend to be a little bit more simple in my uh, coffee pursuits. Good answer. And our last question, what's your favorite coffee mug? Mine is a uh, mug that my sister got me a couple of years ago. It's an 11 ounce, 12 ounce black mug. And on the face of it, it has a classic vintage Star Wars poster. So it's got, you I know, know that mug. Yeah, yeah. Use it all the time. And uh, the paint is chipping off in the dishwasher. It's uh, sad, but I'm sure I can find a good replacement just like it if I want to. There's nothing to it, really. It's just a good, sturdy, simple black mug. I would like to get fussier with my coffee mug collection. I have some that are all different shapes and sizes, but I keep coming back to this one. It's very standard. It's just the traditional coffee mug shape. Yeah, and there's a sentimentality attached to it, too. Mm -hmm. It tastes like The Force Awakens every time. (laughs) Um, I I don't really have... I mean, there's, there's, there's a certain type of mug that I like. Um, and we have a, we have a whole cupboard full of them now because my wife just, just got rid of our old, our old dishes a couple months ago and we got new dishes and these new mugs are really cool. Um, I really like them and we've got uh, like 12 of them or, or 16 of them and they're, and they're really good mugs. I don't really have, I did have a, a mug that I preferred a couple months ago. It's, it's in my cupboard, but I just, I've not been using it lately. So I don't know. I don't, I, I guess I just don't get as attached as some people do to the mug. I'm more attached to what's in the mug. <laughs> the one thing that I've found is that some mugs fit in the car and others do not. Yes, and that's that, true. that yeah. presents a issue you got to prepare for in advance. Yeah. Do you ever watch Better Call Saul? Yes. Um, have, have you watched the new episode no. at all? No. He, he gets, he gets a, new, a new car with this, this law firm he's working for. He, he gets a Mercedes. And, and you know the girl, that, the blonde hair girl? Yeah. That, it was, she gives him a, a mug um, that says world's second best lawyer, you know, she's the first and he's the second. Um, 
So he, he it's like a travel mug, and he it doesn't it doesn't fit in the cup holder in the Mercedes. So he's trying all these different these different things, and he just he ends up putting it aside. But it's it's a pretty because I mean I've done that before. You know I I've had this have this mug that I have a a relationship with, and it doesn't fit in the car. Like what do I do with it? Now I gotta I gotta hold it, or it doesn't fit. You know this just kind of a funny thing. <laughs> Glad to finally cover our own brewing rituals. I mean, there's, there you have it. That's how it goes. No, no other comments, Eric? No, no, we'll end on Better Call Saul. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us for episode 58 of Top Brew. Show notes with links to everything that we discussed are at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 58. Follow at Top Brew FM on Twitter or myself. I'm at JCS Darnell. I also want to give a thanks to our sponsors, starting with Thrasher Coffee. Use the coupon code TOPBREW to get 25% off of your first purchase and enjoy craft coffee like the rest of us. And also the Magic Coffee Truck. You're in for a real delight with Sharon's handmade coffee treats from the one-of-a-kind coffee laboratory. Use the discount code MAGICALLYCAFFEINATED to get 20% off of any order over $10. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.